Good Friday morning, City of Dubois and surrounding communities. I am Charlene Lauber, pastor of Trinity Chapel, Dubois, inviting you to journey along with me with a message on the pilgrimage. My only request is that you would agree to allow your hearts to be enlarged, challenged, transformed by the renewing of your mind. O oh Lord, that we would have ears to hear your voice. Where are we going, you may be wondering? Answer, to the cross. How long will it take us to get there? 40 days and 40 nights. Is it a difficult journey? Yes. How will we be traveling? Walking humbly and obediently with God. What will I need to carry with me? A persevering beatitude. What is the name of the place? Blessed. Our journey will begin on the pathway of Lent. What is the meaning of the word Lent? Lent means long spring day. Spring calls creation into a rebirth, an awakening, a renewal, and new life. So it is with observing Lent in a very deeper and more spiritual way. Observing Lent cleanses our spirits and lets us begin anew in our spirit and in our walk in faith. What commemorates Lent? It is a call to remembrance of the 40 days Jesus spent in the wilderness, tempted by Satan. We too are called to begin our 40-day pilgrimage following Christ's example. For it is written, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. James 4.8 where is our journey taking us? Our journey is taking us to the cross. The journey begins with ashes and ends with Easter fire. What is our goal? Our goal is to bring our self-will to the foot of the cross as an offering to God's will throughout our life's journey. We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Psalm 51, 17. But most importantly, that we too would cry out the words of our Lord Jesus, Not my will, but thy will, O oh Lord. Luke 22. 42. What is required of us to take this journey? We too must cry out along with King David the psalmist, Search me, O God, and know my heart, and see if there be any wicked way in me. For it is written in Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out or discern. But I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. 
I get to the heart of you. I get to the root of all things. I treat them as though they are not as they pretend to be. For you see, truth chases us during Lent. For our eyes are open to the truth, who is Christ Jesus. What is our purpose? To love as Christ loves. The question most often raised is this, how do I love as Christ loves? The journey of Lent provides us the answer at the foot of the cross. You must enlarge your capacity to suffer if you are to enlarge your capacity to love. For it is written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son to suffer and die that we might know his abounding love. Our suffering does not compare with Jesus' death on the cross. Our testing during Lent is but a mere taste of the suffering Jesus endured at the beckoning of Satan. However, the Lenten disciplines, such as self-examination and repentance, prayer, fasting, and self-denial, Reading and meditating on God's holy word prepares our hearts to share into his sufferings. May our hearts cry out with a loud voice, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Philippians 3, 10 through 11. Jesus teaches us the meaning of true repentance and fasting and what that looks like through God's eyes. For it is written, yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping, and mourning, rend your hearts. Return to the Lord your God. Joel 2, 12 through 13. Jesus goes on to say in the Gospel of Matthew 6, 1 through 6, and 16 through 21, the title, Giving to the Needy. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, 
will reward you. Prayer. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Treasures in Heaven Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Fasting. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus focuses on the difference between acting out religion and living into holiness. Jesus is inviting all his listeners to go deeper in their spiritual walk. Today, in this very hour, the words of Jesus are calling out to us. Just as he who called you holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. 1 Peter 1, 15-16 God does not look upon our outward appearance, but upon our hearts. God does not only account for our actions, but he accounts for the motives behind our actions. God does not desire our vain piety, but rather he delights in our walking in his righteousness, which does not come by us alone, but by the working of the Holy Spirit. It is the Lord who is holy, and it is he who is able to transform us to be changed into his likeness by the renewing of our minds. Pilgrim, you have now arrived at an intersection along your pilgrimage. One way leads to holiness. 
The other leads to destruction. The journey demands your obedience and your letting go, continuing on the straight and narrow, on the highway called the way of holiness. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. Isaiah 35, 8. This way leads to the place called blessed. But if you choose to walk another way, you will follow the way that leads to destruction. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Matthew seven, thirteen through 14. What say you? To continue the pilgrimage, I call you to repentance. Leave your old ways and receive the new. Receive God's promise. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your stone heart and replace it with a heart that is God-willed, not self-willed. Ezekiel 36, 26 from the message. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12, 2. Therefore, I call you to a holy fast. Fast from worry. Feast on trusting God. Fast from complaining. Feast on appreciation. Fast from negatives. Feast on affirmatives. Fast from hostility. Feast on tenderness. Fast from unrelenting pressures. Feast from unceasing prayer. Fast from judging others. Feast on Christ dwelling in them. Fast from fear of illness. Feast on the healing power of God. Fast from words that pollute. Feast on speech that purifies. Fast from emphasis on differences. Feast on the unity of all life. Fast from discontent. Feast on gratitude. Fast from anger. Feast on patience. Fast from personal anxiety. Feast on the fullness of truth. Fast from pessimism. Feast on optimism. Fast from bitterness. Feast on forgiveness. Fast from self-concern. Feast on compassion for others. Fast from discouragement. Feast on hope. Fast from suspicion and feast on truth. Fast from facts that depress. Feast on truths that uplift. Fast from gossip. Feast on purposeful silence. Fast from problems that overwhelm. 
Feast on prayer that sustains. Fast from thoughts that weaken. Feast on promises that inspire. Fast from apparent darkness. Feast on his light. The Apostle Paul also understood the mind is the place that stumbles and has given us a direct. In Philippians 4, 6 through 9, Paul says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brothers and sisters, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these. Our pilgrimage continues to take us to a hill located in northern Israel, Chorazim Plateau. It is where Jesus is believed to have delivered the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is the ethics and moral handbook for citizens of the kingdom. The teaching of the sermon are rigorous and can only be experienced by those who walk in the spirit of new birth in Christ Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount was meant to hold up a spiritual mirror to show us how spiritually bankrupt we really are apart from God's mercy and grace and to drive us to Christ and his cross. Martin Luther said, we are not able properly to fulfill one tittle out of our own strength, but must always crawl to Christ. The Sermon on the Mount scripture passage found in Matthew 5, 3 through 12, are commonly called the Beatitudes. Each begin with the word blessed. In this context, it means one who is a recipient of God's favor and internally experiences joy, peace, perfect harmony, calm, a joy unaffected by life circumstances. Let us spend a few moments on reflecting on the attitudes of the Beatitudes. These Beatitudes are the blueprint for a joyful life blessed by God. Welcome, pilgrim, to the place called Blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This means literally one who recognizes his or her own spiritual poverty. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. It is a heart that recognizes I have nothing without you. God, I am nothing without you. To them belong the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. The mourning Jesus has in mind here is threefold. The mourning, deep sorrow, we experience at our own sin, 
godly sorrow that leads to repentance. The mourning or deep sorrow we feel over the sin of the world. There is bloodshed, hatred, injustice, greed, and wickedness. The mourning, deep sorrow we feel at the loss of a loved one. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Meek is the word that involves an attitude of trust and subservience to obey the things of God. These shall inherit the earth when the Lord returns. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. For those who crave and desire righteousness alone, they will get what they desire. And what they get, unlike what the world gives, will last forever. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. No sooner do our hearts imitate the mercy of God than God showers on us the gift of his own overflowing love and mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In scripture, heart means the seed and center of the human person. It is our mind, will, emotions. It is those who avoid evil, guard their souls from unrighteousness that shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The Hebrew word shalom means peace, a state of wholeness and total health. When we wish someone peace in the biblical sense, we are wishing them this same kind of wholeness. If we go about spreading God's love as instruments of peace, we bring wholeness and reconciliation to our world and become children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. There are three reasons these persecutions make us blessed. It demonstrates our identity with our Lord who suffered. We are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And three, persecution is a tool God uses to humble us and to become like his son, Jesus Christ. Lastly, we must realize that these attitudes of the Beatitudes are the character of the heart and not action. Acquiring them results in right action and righteous behavior, but they themselves are the conviction of the soul. In other words, Jesus is calling for much more than a mere cosmetic makeover or papering over the old you. Jesus didn't come to bring more external laws of Moses' laws. He came to call us to himself. In truth, Jesus is the Sermon on the Mount. His every word, action, and heartbeat. He said he was here to do the will of his Father, and so with us. These Beatitudes draw us near to him that we might seek him and follow him to live the cross life and be made in his image in thought, word, and deed in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the journey is difficult. This journey is not for the faint-hearted. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Matthew 16, 24. Walking humbly and obediently committed to the Lord makes way for one to share in the eventual joy of Easter more fully by immersing ourselves in the spiritual disciplines led by the Holy Spirit in the season of Lent. 
For out of the ashes comes forth the joy and promise of everlasting life. Easter's fire, a fire that ignites our heart to beat with God's heart to love as Christ loves. A treasure that exceeds far above all earthly treasures. As it is written, instead, be very glad for these trials. Make you partners with Christ in his sufferings so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the world. 1 Peter 4.13 This is my story.